Hello and welcome to the podcast in G minor. And the reason it's podcast in G minor is I, your host, John Cartachico, his name starts with a G. And the minor part comes from that I'm going to talk about venues that I go to, most of them being in the minors, along with some other fun stuff that I get into in the world of sports, travel, and food. So that's where the the name podcast in G minor comes from. So I'll tell you about the adventures, give you some reviews on places that I go, and talk about some good stuff um, that I do. And similar to like what they do on Stadium Journey, give you all the accoutrement for anywhere you might want to be going to visit as well. And I'll talk about some gambling and some other good stuff that I enjoy as well. So today, uh, start with, we now get into March Madness, which is one of my favorite times of the year as we start the month of March. And the Horizon League Tournament starts this week, along with the Mountain West Tournament and many other conferences as well. But these are the two that I have the most um, effect on of the conferences starting this week. Horizon League being that I'm recording this in Northeast Ohio, um, the local university being Youngstown State, their team that I occasionally will follow from time to time, not exactly the school I went to, but you know I give it a shot here and there whenever I can get a chance to see them play. And then, of course, Mount West, I am a diehard UNLV running Rebels fan as somebody who um, is from Las Vegas originally, my cousin, Went there as a graduate of UNLV, and I was going to their games since I was knee high to a grasshopper. So, big tournament starting there, um, over there at Chaco Mountain. As if anybody who's watched the games on CBS Sports Network will attest, that's kind of what it looks like Chaco Mountain from Mario Kart. But, um, with that being said, so the Horizon League tournament will start tomorrow, and the way that tournament works is that the first Round of the tournament is all campus sites, so is round two. The semifinal and final rounds will be in Indianapolis this year. So they do campus sites and then they transition to neutral sites. So Youngstown State finished with the fifth seed in the conference, so they will host a home game tomorrow against the UW-Milwaukee Panthers, which some of you may remember back in the, I believe it was earlier, mid-2000s, they went on a run to the Sweet 16 in the NCAA tournament. Um, as one of the charter members of the Horizon League. Of course, that's the conference where Butler w- uh, played the two years that they played for the national title. So they're a member, a former member of that conference. Uh, that conference also features teams uh, such as Cleveland State, Wright State, Oakland. Um, Oakland, of course, the one that's in Michigan. Um Northern Kentucky is in that conference. They made the tournament, I believe, two years ago. I think Wright State made it last year. Uh, Detroit Mercy, um, UW Green Bay. So there's some good some good schools out oh, in um, Illinois, Chicago, and I believe Loyola of Chicago. They were in that conference at once upon a time as well. Not the year that they went to the Final Four. They were in the Missouri Valley then, but so that conference has changed around over the years. Um, since Youngstown State joined, and I think it was like 2001 or 2002 is when they joined the conference. So they, of course, used to be in what was the mid-con, 
which is now pretty much the Summit League because these things change around so much. So we be seeing them uh, tomorrow night. And I hadn't been to Beagley Center in like 20 years almost. Probably not quite that long, but probably a good at least 15, 16 years. Last time I was there at all, like inside the building, was to play like pick up basketball in there. But I hadn't seen a game in there since probably like the fifth grade. So it's on the campus of Youngstown State, which Youngstown State, for anyone who's been there, it's an interesting campus in that it's right in the city of Youngstown, pretty much right by their downtown. So it doesn't have what you typically would see on like a more rural campus. Um, I went to Boyne Green, so the college is the town is built around the college, so to speak, and a place like that where there's a campus. It's there's not streets running through the middle of campus, that sort of thing. Like there's two streets that run through Bowling Green's campus, but the, for the most part, it's very easy to walk. Youngstown State is a, is an urban campus. It's more like your University of Akron um, or Cleveland State of that matter. But they've done a good job of the campus over the 21 years since I've been east of the Rockies um, with it. So it's been a good campus. Uh, Beagley Center sits essentially right next to the football stadium, Stanbaugh Stadium, where I've spent many a Friday night and Saturday afternoon. My high school played there. Um, shout out to Cardinal Mooney. They played at the uh, at the Ice Castle or Stanbaugh Stadium, as its actual name would be. So they've uh, they used to play there. That was our home field, along with Ursuline, who was the rival high school, the rival Catholic school for the, the Youngstown Holy War. For those of you that know about that, um, and then of course Youngstown State. Many games there. Uh, I moved here when Jim Trestle was still the coach, and they were at the height of their still kind of at the height of their powers. Not quite the same atmosphere there now that it was then, but nevertheless. So as far as Beagley Center goes, um, I went there back on February 8th, and I was there a couple weeks ago on the 22nd, both for some basketball games. I was there to see Youngstown State play Cleveland State and Northern Kentucky. And YSU beat Cleveland State. They lost to Northern Kentucky. That was the last time they were home. So it's the first time they're home. Since February 22nd, they played their last two regular season games on the road. Uh, Youngstown State's been very good at home. Um, this has been probably their best record at home in quite some time. However, UW-Milwaukee beat them at home, ironically enough, uh, earlier this year. And then YSU just played them on Saturday the 29th and beat them at UW-Milwaukee Panther Arena. I believe it was 73 to 69 was the final of that game. So kind of a weird dynamic in that regard that we saw them win a game, actually lose at home to them and win on the road, which is something why she hasn't really done that much this year. But getting to Beagley Center, um, first start off with, I guess we'll go from, from travel. For me, obviously, it's not very far. I live uh, just a bit south of the city in, in Columbiana. So for me, it's not a far trip. I'll be heading after work. So this isn't quite the same commute I would make from home but when you go there pretty easy to get to um, there's a, a couple of exits right off the freeway so 680 is the interstate that runs through here and it's a pretty it basically runs so it starts just south of town um, it starts like around Columbiana basically and then goes all the way up into Youngstown into Austin town before it gets branches off to 80. So basically it connects Interstate 80, which will take you to Cleveland and Akron, and Interstate 76, 
which will take you to the Pennsylvania Turnpike. So that pretty much is what that freeway does. But when you get on a freeway, if you're coming that, from that direction, which I'll be coming from because I work in the um, greater Pittsburgh area. So when you come from there, you jump on that, you, you're on 680. Two easy ways to get off. You get off at either the Hubbard or the 422, um, 193 exit, depending on which direction you're coming from. And then when you get off that exit, uh, in my case, coming from the Hubbard exit, you would find a sign for Warren. You get you take 422 west towards Warren, and then there will be three exits that basically will lead you to YSU. Um, there's Wake Avenue, there's Fifth Avenue, and Belmont. Those are the three that are basically close to YSU's campus. Fifth Avenue is the one that you want, though, if you are heading to Beagley Center because it's where the football stadium is. And what it makes it easy is basically when you're on the freeway, you'll look for Fifth Avenue. Um, I think it says like Fifth Avenue, Belmont Avenue, downtown, something along those lines. But that's the one you want. And there's also a sign that'll say YSU Stadium. So that makes it easy as well to find out where you are. Um, parking situation there, you pretty much park in the tailgate lot that they use for football. And it's right across the street from the football stadium and right by – so you're walking maybe five minutes at the most to the basketball arena. Um, it's five bucks to park there. It's an open lot. Um, it's where we also you park for high school football games. Uh, you have to have a permit to park in there for Youngstown State football, but for basketball purposes, you can just park there and walk right over. It's a cash lot. Like most things are, you give them your five bucks, they give you a ticket, you pull in. It's a huge lot. You can always find a spot in there. So it's a pretty easy place to uh, to park and get your stuff going. So that's that's always a nice thing about it. Um, walk up. The ticket window is a little tricky. I will say this, and, and this is my one kind of issue, is that so they do have a will call ticket window, but it's not the easiest to realize and it's only will call. And the sign is pretty small. And normally when you go to a ticket office, you typically will find a big sign for will call. It's kind of small there. And you're going to typically see people, the longer line of people are going to be at the will call station, which is usually not what happens. Normally, you see a longer line at where you go to purchase the tickets. Not the case at Beagley, at least the two prior trips that I took there. The long line was at the will call entrance so you got to be careful and watch because then you're gonna be standing out in line and in the cold which tomorrow's not gonna be very cold but it's supposed to rain here and standing out there waiting to get inside the door for no reason so what you would see is so there's basically a season ticket um member entrance will be the first one that you walk up on and then there'll be two sets of doors now the further set of doors with the long lines where we'll call typically it was where typically the longer line is will call. The second set of doors that's closer to the season ticket entrance is going to be where you're going to buy tickets. Be careful, though, if you are not paying cash because not all of the windows, one, there's only like one or two windows open and they don't both take cash or they both don't take credit credit or debit cards. They only take cash. So you got to be a little careful in that regard if you're not paying in cash to either get cash or you might have to wait an extra minute or two, couple of minutes, depending on the line, to go purchase a ticket um, with a debit or credit card. So that's one thing to be aware of. Ticket prices there, 
pretty good. Um, it's 10 bucks if you buy in advance for general admission. General admission is all bleacher seating. Um, and that basically goes, it covers behind both baskets. Um, and it also covers the sideline view, if you will, on both sides. Now, the first few rows that are, so these are all wood bleacher seats, kind of feels like a high school. Uh, you do want to sit, you do want to be careful though. And to me, I like sitting behind one of the baskets because you have a view of the scoreboard and you can see the whole floor. As I call it, like the 2K cam view, that's the view that you really want. You want that 2K cam view. That's the best view you're going to get. You can see the scoreboard, see the play develop. If you're a nerd like me, you kind of like that stuff. If you sit where you want to sit center court, you got to be careful because if you sit too high, they have like a partition that comes down. And the partition, of course, will be up when there's a big crowd, but you can't see the entire scoreboard and the video board. So you want to be careful if you're wanting to see that. I suggest sit behind one of the baskets. Um, the one basket has the pet band. Um, that would be basically the far side from where you come in. So the near side, when you come in, you'll go up a set of stairs to general admission. The near side, the nearest set of bleachers to you is the one opposite of the band. The band sits on the opposite side. There typically is always seats on the band side, though if you don't mind sitting next to the pep band, there's always seats there. Usually they don't get huge crowds there. Um, Youngstown State's a football school. They've not had really any success in basketball. It's one of their better years. They haven't even had a home game in this tournament in years. So you don't typically see huge crowds there. Um, but it's 10 bucks if you buy ahead of time online. But I have found that they charge you $1.50 in convenience fee. It's 12 bucks if you buy it the day of the game. To me, 50 cents is not really worth it. I'll go buy it at the day of the game. Now, you now obviously, if you don't want to wait in line and just pick your tickets up kind of thing, that 50 cents might be worth it to you. But I'll go up there and buy a ticket because the lines are not very long if you want to just go buy a ticket for the most part. It's a will call that you get stuck in line. If you can get there early, obviously you're not going to have a problem. So, and then they do the chair backs, I believe, are $16 if you want to sit in the chair back and they have the Penguin Club seating. Uh, when I looked online today, there was no chair back seating available. There's not many seats there, so I'm not surprised by that. I figure most of your big time Youngstown State people, Penguin Club people, alumni would have already got gobbled those tickets up or they would have given them to them kind of as a, a, a reward. Because I was curious because I had never been, when I was at Bowling Green, I had never been to a game, a conference tournament game at home. Uh, Bowling Green had, um, when I was there, it would be spring break, so I never had good on. So I really didn't know how that kind of stuff had worked for a home venue. And I went to UNLV's conference tournament last year, but that wasn't technically UNLV. It's at their home ring, but it's not technically a UNLV home game. This is technically a Youngstown State home game. So I like this. I like the fact that they did not raise prices for the Horizon League tournament. Um, now, obviously, this probably will be their last game, depending on what happens tomorrow. If um, certain things go as Youngstown State's way, if they win, they would advance to the next round. And if um, I believe it's IUPI pulls off a victory tomorrow, Youngstown State would get to play at home um, on Thursday. So the way that this tournament works, a little bit different. They play, um, it'll be Tuesday, Thursday, I believe Saturday, um, and then the following Tuesday 
is their championship game. So a little bit different of a dynamic as how they work at the Horizon League with the first couple rounds being campus sites. <clears throat> so having said that, so you look at the seating, it's uncomfortable bleacher seats, no question about it. Um, it's really not comfortable. It's like a high school. It's hard. There's no backs. So you're slumming it. You're definitely slumming it. Um, concession stands, they do sell beer now, which I didn't, which, you know, a lot of college venues don't. They do. Um, you can get like your domestics, your Coors Lights, um, Miller Lights for $6 and your specialties like your Labatt Blues uh, for 7 They also have a beer that is local to Youngstown called Penguin City Beer. They also sell that there. That's kind of a big thing. Um, the team down the road, the Youngstown Phantoms, who I'll talk about them because um, we get a lot of their games. That's a big thing, That big sponsor of them. So kind of a little Youngstown flavor if you're an out-of-towner or you just you know have Penguin Pride. So Penguin City Beer, that's a thing they do there. They have your typical hot dogs, kind of candy, not a lot going on concession-wise. Basically, there's only one, and it sits right when you walk in. So standard um, – like I said, it feels like a high school gym. The pep band does a decent enough job of trying to get, you know, get themselves going. But it's not – there's no student presence. And that's kind of a shame because in college basketball, one of the things that makes college basketball so fun are the students getting rowdy, getting close, you know, screaming. You don't have that there. There's no student section. And Youngstown State is a commuter school, which basically means that most of the kids that go there are from here and live at home. They don't live on campus. And the ones that do, they don't care. Like, they don't care about the sports there. It's not that kind of school. It's basically kids that live here, and they they just, they go to school, and they go home. It's like high school. So you don't have a, a rabid student base. The people that go are typically locals. Like, there's not a lot of college kids there. It's typically just people that live in the area that just like basketball, and it's a cheap way to go out. Um, overall, I give it a decent grade from that standpoint. Like I said, from a cost perspective, 12 bucks to see a Division I college basketball game, that's pretty fair in line um, with, with what you're getting. It's a mid-major conference, we know. You know, Horizon League, it's not, you know, it's not one of the big boys. It's a, you have to win the conference to make the big dance kind of, kind of conference. But Beagley Center, it's an older venue. But the video board is nice. It's small, but it's nice. It has the stats. You can look up and see all the players on the floor, how many points and how many fouls they have. The video board typically will show like the ESPN3, ESPN Plus feed on it. So you will be able to see some replays and stuff like that based on what they show. So you do have a video board, which is, you know, not every college has it. And it's a video board that you can see no matter where you're sitting, unless you're sitting up high where that partition blocks the video board but the rest of it you can see fairly easily um i believe it holds about six thousand people it doesn't ever get that full but that's about what they hold there so overall it's good um like i said the parking's easy it's five bucks which is you know not bad like i said the the negatives to it are the ticket the ticket windows not being easily accessible where you can't always tell the difference between will call and where you would go to purchase a ticket, um, that's a negative. The concession stand is what you'd expect for a small college venue. It doesn't have, you know, it doesn't have a ton, but you can go have a beer, which is kind of a nice thing. Um, 
And I would say that the neighborhood is not the, – the only issue is now if you wanted to go to a watering hole or somewhere to eat, you're not going to be able to walk there. There's no – the problem is that you don't have really anything like right next door to you. There are some stuff – there is some stuff. Excuse me, you go down to Lincoln Avenue, there's a pizza place. Um, I believe there's a Chipotle down there now. They've redone that a little bit. I think there's another like little bar down there. But there's nothing – within like easy walking distance and the area around there is fine but really the best part of the access point is it's so close to the freeway the freeway is right there so if you're heading back to one of the suburbs the freeway is right there you could just jump on and go um but there's nothing like there's no real place to hang out at and that's i guess the one downside of it because they basically built that area now their area used to have nothing in it it used to be just beat up abandoned homes they've built a soccer field and a softball field over there so that kind of makes them so it's almost like an athletic complex like what you see at a lot of schools um where i went to school bowling green all of our athletic facilities were kind of near each other youngstown state is starting to do that you have Stanball stadium for football beagley center for men's and women's basketball right next to it right across or caddy corner is the soccer field and the softball field kind of sitting behind that so you're starting to see that stuff all come together. The baseball team actually plays at Eastwood Field, which is home of the Honey Valley Scrappers. I believe that is now their permanent home. It was between there and Scene Park and Struthers, but I believe Eastwood Field is now their permanent home, which is in Niles, which is like 20 minutes away. So baseball is kind of the one that's like off in the distance. But other than that, like I said, it's not the greatest place because there's really nothing there. The only food option that's within walking distance, like the easy walk is at McDonald's and it's in, it's gotten robbed many times. Uh, my grandpa used to say it would get robbed three times a week because it usually did. And there's like kind of a shady gas station over there too. So basically, if you want to go eat or hang out before or after the game, downtown Youngstown, you're going to want to take a little drive down there. Um, on a Tuesday night, like tomorrow's game... I would tell you, you ain't going to see much going on. You might be able to go for happy hour. Um, V2 might have a decent happy hour. O'Donnell's downtown might have a little happy hour. You can go hang out a little bit. After the game at 9 o'clock, they'll get the hell out of there and go to Boardman if you want to do anything because there's really – it's a bedroom community, this area. It's not really a lot going on, especially during the week. So, But the ease of access getting on and off for me coming back to where I'm at, I hop on. 422 east to newcastle take that follow and then follow a sign for poland keep going you know follow poland to 680 and then i'm you know back on my way my way back here so overall like i said youngstown if you were to rate it on a scale of one to ten um i would say that the accessibility i would give it a four based on it being close to freeways um ease of parking um the bathrooms, that's another accessibility thing. There's only really like one bathroom and it's kind of hard to find. Gets a little crowded during the normal time. So you do have to be prepared for that. That's a little bit of a negative there as well. But the accessibility, at least the driving aspect of it, pretty easy. Um, as far as public transportation goes, I'm not real sure. I believe there's a WRTA stop pretty close to there. But that bus isn't that great. So if you're taking the bus, you're kind of probably a little SOL there. Um as far as the in arena, it's or actually, I'm sorry, a scale four to ten. I would actually say four is yeah. I was thinking five, but 
On 1 to 10, accessibility, I'd give it a 7. Like I said, pretty easy to get to. Um, the neighborhood does not get a high score. The neighborhood, for me, only gets about a 3 because there's really nothing there. There's no, you know, go to this bar across the street kind of thing or even just this place to go have dinner. Like that, I have a... And you'll see in my Youngstown venues that my f- biggest problem with most of them is that they don't have something like that. Um, there is a there is a classic place too down the road if you like Italian food, MVR. It's where all the people from my high school would all go. Um, but again, it's not you can't really walk there. It's close enough to drive, but there's nowhere to like just walk, hang out right across from the arena kind of thing. So you don't have that. Um, inside the atmosphere, it's about a four out of ten. Again, it's not real crazy. It gets a little loud. I mean, the locals will sometimes get into it, but again, you don't have a student section, so you don't have that typical kind of experience that you'd expect in a college environment. You don't really have it. Um, return on investment, I would say it's about a six. It's a, you know slightly above average. The parking, five bucks, no problem. Tickets, $12, no problem. Again, just my my my... My big cons of it are the difficulty of the ticket window where you can't tell where will call is and where you just go purchase tickets. I also have a problem that not all those windows take credit and debit cards, which like, come on, it's 2020. You should all take those by now. Um, the staff in there is pretty nice. I will say that. Um, I thought the staff is always helpful. They, they will point stuff out to you, um, the people that work the gates. So that part of it is good. Um but overall, and amenities, there's not really a lot of amenities. It's like I said, it's a high school gym kind of feel. So amenities on a scale of one to ten, I'd say like a two. It's not like I said, it's pretty bare bones. There's you can buy a beer at the concession stand, and you know there's like one bathroom. You walk up the stairs, and it's like I said, there isn't a lot of bells and whistles to it. It's kind of old school, which I don't mind. It was built in the '70s, built in 1972, so there's not going to be that kind of stuff going there. So that'll be tomorrow. Like I said, I'll be over there. I'll uh, be over there for Youngstown State Penguins in their first-round Horizon League matchup against UW-Milwaukee Panthers. So that should be a lot of fun tomorrow night. As for UNLV, of course, that's another thing near and dear to my heart. They will be playing in the quarterfinals of the Mountain West Tournament on Thursday, 5 o'clock Eastern, 2 o'clock Las Vegas time, CBS Sports Network against Boise State. Now, I'm going to review this even though this is not local and I'm not there, but I'm going to go over just because it's part of the thing. Um, Thomas and Max is a cool venue. It's old. It was built in 1982, so it's old now. And one of the things about it is that it's kind of weird in that there it's very close to the strip. It's like maybe a mile or two off the strip. And there's like these giant parking lots that surround it, and it's on UNLV's campus. Now, UNLV's campus is actually not as urban as you'd think. We talked about Youngstown State, and we talked about how urban that campus was. UNLV is nothing really. It's like that, but it's but it's more like your typical college campus. It doesn't. It's not just city all around it. It's off the strip enough to where there's like some quad and some green space there, for lack of a better term, for what you get in the desert. Now, their athletic venue thing is a little weird because you do the baseball and uh, softball stadium close by, but the football stadium is far. And, of course, they're building that new stadium for the Raiders, and UNLV is going to play there as well. 
But massive parking lots. Now, the, the kicker at UNLV always was, and it's a little harder to do this during the Mountain West Tournament, but if you do it during the regular season, you park across the street for free and walk. There's like a little beat-up parking lot that you park in, or there's like a Thunder from Down Under billboard. You park and walk across the street. That's kind of like the little hidden pros pro if you're going to UNLV. If you park in the big lot, the main parking lot that's like surrounds Thomas and Mac, Mountain West Tournament, you're paying 20 bucks. I don't remember what it is during the regular season, but 20 bucks is the Mountain West Tournament rate. Now, again, if you're there all day on an all session, it doesn't really matter. Uh, the way that they do the Mountain West Tournament is they do do it by session. Um, you can go, you can buy an all day or you can buy a early or late session pass. Now, last year I went and did... I went to one game. I was out there for the Mount West tournament, when, and I went to the UNLV San Diego State game, which was the quarterfinal round, and I bought the quarterfinal day session pass only because I only wanted to see you. I, I got there a little early for Boise State, Nevada, to like see how that game would end, and then I want, obviously I was there for UNLV. Um, I believe that went for like 35 bucks, something along those lines, which to me seems a little high for only two games. When I remember going tickets, you know, you get tickets to the MAC tournament, and I think they're like 17 bucks for like a morning session. So to me, that seems like that's a lot. And I understand the Mountain West is borderline power five, but it's a bit major, let's be honest. Now, typically, this tournament would be next week. They moved it up because of a convention that's coming to town. So I, because I'd wondered the same thing as to like why UNOV's regular season ended as early as it did. But UNOV's hot. They have a chance to make a run. Now, San Diego State is the primitive favorite of the conference. Um, obviously, they've lost one game. UNLV is responsible for that one loss. Now, UNLV, should they defeat Boise, will get the winner of San Diego State and then the winner of that 8-9 game, which is Fresno and, I believe, Air Force. So, given that, though, here's the thing I'll say about UNLV. So, when you walk up to the, the arena... They do have an escalator now that will get you upstairs because there's all these steps because it was old. So they built it where there's a ton of steps you walk up to get in the arena. And when you walk in the arena, like a lot of arenas built at that time, you walk in on the second level pretty much. So when you walk into the arena, you're basically on the second level. So you either, if you're in the second level, you walk upstairs, you go to the first level, you're walking downstairs. When you walk down the stairs at UNLV, again, older, so it's like straight down. Normally, you're in an arena that's kind of curved. That's like straight down. Um, it's basically an old school NBA arena. There's concession stands everywhere. They sell beer. They sell all the good stuff. They still got that zip pack for kids that I used to get when I was little. It's like $6. Now it's like 5 bucks back then, back in the day when I was a kid, and I was like very happy about that. Obviously, at the Mountain West Tournament's a little different because you got the Mountain West branding and all that stuff, and it looks like Chaco Mountain. But Thomas and Mac, it's old. Like I said, it, it's definitely, you can tell, it's not the jewel that it was when they built it, but it's still a cool place to watch a game. And UNLV, if they can return to glory, and I think they're on the right track there. I think TJ Ellsberger's done a good job in year one, especially what they've done in conference even though they started out a little rough, but they've been really good in conference. I mean, they finished fourth in the Mountain West, which is higher than they finished last year. And you could say, well, their record wasn't great, which it isn't. They're barely over 500 overall. But again, you win 11 games in a conference, that's pretty good. 
and given to what people thought how bad this program was going to be in a transition year, I'll take it for year one for sure. And I think they're going to beat Boise State on Thursday at home. They already beat Boise State about a week ago. I think they'll take care of them at home. Now, can they get by San Diego State a third time playing them? They split the first two meetings, and the first meeting in Las Vegas was close. San Diego State's got a way of you know doing things. But I will say at that tournament, what you typically get, and at least this was the case last year, I imagine this year it's not going to be much different. Obviously, UNR, Nevada brings a big showing. They're eight hours down the road. They were basically having a, you know, a party last year because of how good their team was. They knew that they didn't need to win the Mountain West Tournament. They were not a bit. They were in regardless. So they basically came to Vegas at a big party last year. So their their fans are going to travel. We all know that. That's not really a surprise. Uh, then you get Utah State brings a pretty good contingent. Um, they, of course, this year are like a fringe bubble team. So they it would help them to win this tournament. It's not... I wouldn't say that they could, like I said, I don't know what their status is that they were not to win it. But this is a big tournament for them. And obviously the elephant in the room is San Diego State, the Techs, as they like to call themselves. They bring a ton of people. San Diego's not super far from Las Vegas. Of course, they're the primitive favorite. Last year they weren't. This year they're the big bad wolf again. And again, this is a coronation party for San Diego State. They do not need to win this tournament. They're in the tournament regardless. The question is where they're going to be seated because they were top five in the country. I think they still are. But if they go out early, if UNLV knocks them off in a semifinal, what does that do to their potential seed? Obviously, that could help Utah State out because I think Utah State would rather, if they were to get by their first two games, play UNLV in a championship than have to play San Diego State. Obviously, if they lost to UNLV, though, they're cooked. They're done. But again... Utah State, UNLV has not played well against Utah State, so that's one I think Utah State would like. But those those people typically come in droves. Air Force doesn't come in much of a drove. Boise brought a decent amount of people. They'll probably bring some. Colorado State, I don't remember even seeing them. Wyoming had a spackling, but they're pretty terrible. Uh, New Mexico had a spackling. Again, it's a kind of just a party in Vegas. And what's interesting is at the same time, now, this year it's a little different, but normally what happens out there is you get the West Coast Conference Tournament comes first. They're at the Orleans Arena, which is off the strip. Small arena, that's this conference with Gonzaga, St. Mary's. Gonzaga brought a ton of people down here last out there last year. I was there. Um, I got there the day of the, Mount, the West Coast Conference Championship game when Gonzaga lost. I was there, though. They had a ton of people, ton of people in Gonzaga stuff. And this hotel I stay at is about a mile or so from the Orleans. It's not far from the Orleans. So obviously a lot of Gonzaga people stay there. It's also in the Boyd family of casinos, which owns the Orleans. Love Boyd casinos. Very nice. I'll talk about that. We do some Vegas talk one night um, about how much I love playing at Boyd Boyd properties and how much fun they are. Um, And station properties as well. Little hidden tips for everybody. But when you go into... They have a ton of people. But then you get the Mount West Tournament, which will run Wednesday, which runs Wednesday to Sunday. The Pac-12 Tournament, which also, or Wednesday to Saturday, excuse me. The Pac-12 Tournament, which was on at T-Mobile Arena where the Vegas Golden Knights play. And then you also have the 
WAC, the Western Athletic Conference Tournament, which runs the same time as those other two. So West Coast Conference will run first. They're typically done, which would be done like next Tuesday. They're done like a week from Tuesdays when they're typically done. So they're basically finishing out as the other three start. This year, you have the West Coast Conference and the Mountain West running basically at the same time. Pac-12, T-Mobile will take the Pac-12. Orleans will take the Western Athletic Conference. Um, Pac-12 tournament isn't a huge draw. I mean, there's people, you see them, but they're mostly on the strip. And if you're like me and you hang out in locals areas, you're going to see people from the Mountain West tournament and the Western Athletic Conference tournament. My hotel was the official hotel of Grand Canyon Antelopes. I mean, it was all Grand Canyon people for like four days the Gold Coast in Las Vegas when I was out there last year. It was crazy. Um, I didn't even know that that big of a folly, but it was nuts. Um, so they, they of course, were the ones that kind of took over took over the hotel that I was in. I mean, you'd see them everywhere. You'd get in the elevator. There was always Grand Canyon people. You'd see them at TGI Fridays. You'd see them everywhere. Um, but the Mountain West Tournament, obviously, UOV did not do a great job of showing up last year. I mean, I was there. We were outdrawn by San Diego State people. And I'm like, we're the home, we're the host team. We're the local team. I don't know if it, this game in the afternoon hurts or not. But UNLV is a cool venue. And I would say with Thomas and Mac, uh, obviously, it's a good spot for a conference tournament because it's Vegas. Um, Neighborhood-wise, it doesn't get high marks because there's not really a lot going on. It's a little isolated. You're close enough to everything, but again, it's one of those deals like there's really nowhere to walk out of the Thomas and Mac and just go. So that's kind of a problem. Return on invest. So that gets like a three. You're getting a three because you're close to other stuff. Um, you're close to the airport. You're also close to the airport. Um, again, for the for the conference tournament, I'd say the prices are a little steep for sessions, but I don't think it's that bad. I give it like a five. Um, on the session prices for that. Uh, the parking is, of course, a bit expensive. But again, if you're there all day, I kind of don't have a huge issue with $20 if you stay there. But it's a little high. But again, it's Las Vegas. It's kind of just how the, the, the nature of the beast is. Concessions are, are cheap. The staff is very nice there. Um, so overall, it's a good score. Like I said, hard to judge. Atmosphere depends on who's playing. Um, if San Diego State is playing, it's going to be pretty lit. Um, Nevada, UNR is playing, it's lit. UNLV, it's going to be a little different this year because I think I th- would hope, and I haven't got to really watch them on TV much, but I would hope, unlike last year, the locals support this team a little bit. And I think UNLV's fallen, fallen by the wayside because they haven't been as successful and because of what the Knights are. So the success of UNLV has not been quite there, but that's basically in a nutshell where I would go with that. So I don't have like a super comprehensive review on it, but just something I kind of wanted to bring up just because um, it's something going on this week that is near and dear to my heart. So, um, but like I said, I'll be the Youngstown State game tomorrow. Um, Again, seven o'clock Beagley Center. Um, ESPN Plus will have the game if anybody wants to watch. Anybody that's in the Youngstown area, you can listen on 570 WKBN um, for the radio feed. 7 o'clock, again, first round Horizon League tournament play. Probably their last home game of the season. If they win, they will move on 
to the second round or the quarterfinal round. Uh, Horizon League is a little weird. They have 10 teams, but only like nine of them play in the postseason. So it's kind of strange and teams have buys and it's a weird bracket. Um, Cause like the four plays that it's the four plays of the nine, the five plays, the eight and the six plays, the seven in the first round. And then it kind of, they pare it down after that. So it's like, I said, it's strange. Cause you have six that start and then you had that you have six that start. You get down to three and then you have the other five that play. So it's again, it's weird in that regard. Um, and they have double buys and all kinds of weird stuff. Um, Mount West tournament. That's a lot easier to explain. That's 11 teams. Top five, you get a buy. So six. So Wednesday six will play the 11. Uh, eight will play the nine. Eight will play the nine first. Um, then the six will play the eleven, and I or I think six plays the eleven is the second game because there's three games. Eight plays the nine, six plays the eleven, and I believe the seven plays the ten. I believe that's how that works. Might be backwards the other way around. I'm not sure. Actually, I think it is backwards. I think it's actually the 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 seven ten. Then the six eleven is the the feature game of the night. Not that it really matters. And then day two, the one plays the winner of the eight nine game. That's the early game. That is eleven o'clock. Vegas time, that's a 2 o'clock, or I think it's 11.30, something like that. Then the 4 plays the 5. That's the matchup we know. And then the 2 will play the 7, and the 6 will play, or the 3 will play like the, the 6 or the 11, whatever, however that goes. Um, and that's the, late ga- that's the late game on Thursday. They play two night games for the semifinal. Um, I believe it's 9 and like 11 o'clock or 11.30 Eastern time, something along those lines. And then the championship game is at 3 o'clock Vegas time, so like 6 o'clock Eastern for the championship game out there. Like I said, Horizon League, it's different because they have days off because they have to travel and all that stuff. You don't typically play. You're just like day, boom, boom, boom. Like I said, they play Tuesday. If YSU was to win, they would advance and play on Thursday, either at home or at, I believe it's UIC. Okay, with that being said, though, um, other place will be later this week, and we'll, we'll go over this on another episode. We Later on this week, on Saturday, we'll be at the Cavelli Center in downtown Youngstown to see the Youngstown Phantoms take on the Cedar Rapids Rough Riders. That is the USHL, which is a junior hockey league, um, The one of the premier junior hockey leagues, probably the premier junior hockey league that is in the United States only. Uh, most of the teams in the Midwest so we'll talk about the Cavelli Center and the Phantoms a little bit um, later on this week. Probably looking to record on Thursday or Friday, maybe Wednesday, but we'll record it later this week. And go over that venue and tell you how Youngstown State has went. So for the podcast in G Minor, I'm your host, John Carter Chico. You can call me G or GC if it's easier or on Twitter at Chico1919. So for everybody out there listening, have a good night. Go Penguins tomorrow.